If you do not know me, my name is Janelle. I am technically the worship pastor here, but as you can see, we have so many amazing worshipers and lovers of Jesus that come through this building. And um, a little fun fact, if you don't know this, I don't honestly know, I'm not technically qualified to walk on this stage because if you ever see me off of this stage, I am typically tripping, um, spilling coffee or water on myself. Peter can vouch for this. He may have videos, I don't know, but he tends to always somehow be there when I am ungracefully living my life. So um, we are going to try not to do that today, but we are still in this series called Jesus at the Center. Can you guys say Jesus at the Center? Jesus at the Center. Cool. Um, I want you to give me some emotion this morning. We are ending this series. Can you guys say, aw, aw. We're ending it really well, though. We're going to end it on a high note, and here is why. When we talk about Jesus being at the center, we have talked about so many different things, him as our righteousness. We can talk about him as our provider, our peace, um, our friend, so many different aspects. But if we were to dig into the Bible and look at how many descriptors of Jesus there are, we could literally be in this series for eternity, right? And so if we were to want to graffiti the walls with some words, you know, we could fill up this space with all of the names and all of the facets of Christ. And so we thought, what better way than to end this series with Jesus at the center, the word. Because everything that we can learn and we can find and we can name Jesus, we're going to find it in the word of God, right? So what are we doing this morning? Basically, we are equipping you to go ahead and continue this series every day from this point as you read the word of God and as you uncover more of who he is. And so we're super excited. I think that it's interesting when we talk about reading the Bible because probably a lot of this is going to be practical. You might have heard it before. Maybe you haven't, though. And so I don't want to assume that everybody's heard the same things, and it's important. It's a very, 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 very foundational and imperative portion of our faith to dig into the Word. So bear with me if you're like, okay, this is a little repetitive. Take it as a friendly reminder Maybe it's even to help you have a conversation with someone else who's wanting to go deeper in their faith. But beyond that, if you're in this room and you haven't heard these things, I really want to encourage you, there is not one thing this morning that's meant to be condemning. It's meant to give freedom and life to us as we dedicate ourselves to dig into the word and discover more of Christ. So John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Was God. If we're talking about Jesus being at the center of our lives, the motivation of all that we do, we know that he lives and resides inside of us, then guess what? This is actually telling us that a step further is that the word of God is meant to be inside of us. And if we don't read it, right, we're missing an aspect of what God has intended for us, of the fullness of who he is. And I think that it's really amazing because when we accept Jesus into our hearts, it means that we have an immediate transfer of all that he is, right? It's an immediate transfer. He is the center of our lives and he is the word. 
But that transfer, when it happens, we want to know what we're getting, right? So when I talk about this today, it's twofold because it's Jesus the center and he is the word that fills us, that leads us. But also, it's Jesus at the center of the word. And I'm just going to hit this very briefly. It's something that I'm very passionate about because it's changed my walk with Jesus. When we read the Bible, a lot of times we approach it, and this is not wrong. This is just different approaches to the word, right? We approach it and we want to relate to the character. So what we do is we make ourselves the main character or the hero in every story. We're like, how can I be like this person? How can I be like this person? But have you ever heard that the Bible is a love letter to you and me? And so guess who's the hero of that story? It's Jesus. Jesus is the narrative of the Bible. From the beginning to the end, he is the story woven throughout the entire thing, which is actually really good news for us. And I say this a lot when I teach, but because it removes pressure, yeah. right? We get to read of the good news of who he is and what he has done. And we have this habit, if we place ourselves at the center, it actually distorts truth. It distorts freedom because we were never intended to carry that or to be that, right? So when we're looking at this, when you read the Bible, if you do not hear me say anything else today, please hear this. When you read the Bible, look for Jesus. In every story, in every verse, what is he saying? Where is he at? What is it pointing us to? He's given us the word as a gift to get to know him. Pastor Rob said it this way, use the word to behold him. Would that be a form of worship for us, that we would behold Jesus as we look at him through the lens of scripture? Pastor Dan put it this way, it's not just what I can get out of this, but what needs to get in me, right? When we approach the word, we want to take it and we're like, great, I'm going to be a better person now, like superhero mode. <laughs> but what we're supposed to do is that Holy Spirit mode of Jesus, what is for me in this passage, in this moment? The goal of getting into the word is to strengthen our relationship with Jesus, and this is the way that God is communicating his tone, the norms of how we should be living. It's pretty important that we understand what he's communicating here. And so if we want to be lovers of Jesus, right, we have to know how he acts, how he thinks, and we can find all of that for free, right? It wasn't free for him, but it's free to us in the word, and that's amazing. Just a couple scriptures that I'm going to go through here that talk about that tone and the norms of why we want to read. Psalm 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You may find yourself in here this morning and you feel like you've been wading your way through darkness. And Jesus is saying, I have given you a light. I have given you a way that you can navigate this path that's in front of you. Psalm 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Again, this is huge. What are God's standards? How can we live up to this if we don't open this book? Okay? Matthew 4.4 4 says, Jesus answered, it is written, 
Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So this is our our literal food and sustenance. It's a way of living for us. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. And this is amazing because we begin to recognize the voice of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever heard that where people are like, well, what is God speaking to you? And you're like, what does he sound like? Right? But again, if we open the word, we begin to recognize not only does he speak through it, but he speaks through the Holy Spirit in us. And we can recognize very quickly what is of God and what is not. Because we know what's fake. We know what's false. We know what the enemy would want to stir and confuse us with. Right? So I used to be a children's pastor. And one of the things that I would challenge myself to do is, okay, what can we give that's the most basic level, that's super memorable, right? And without fail, every time that I would simplify it back for myself, it would honestly impact my life more than anything else would because the Bible says to come to him as a child, right? And there are these really simple truths that he is, he is um, curating and protecting this innocence and this childlike faith and this way that we can assume the best about him. And so we have this acronym that when we talked about reading the Bible, okay, we said read. We made an acronym for read. And R is a really hard one. I bet you couldn't guess it. We have to read. (laughs) Plain and simple, we have to read the Bible to know what it says. E stands for engage, okay? So this is what we were talking about with just looking for Jesus, looking for him all throughout scripture. I like to think of it this way. Can I ask some good questions? So if I'm reading it and I'm engaging with it, maybe I'm asking, God, what does this say about you? What does this say about me? How is this telling me that I should think or act? A stands for apply, And a lot of times we want to skip over every other letter and just have the A. We just want the application. And that's because you love Jesus, right? You love him. And so you want to do everything that you can. But maybe the question sometimes is a little bit more about who can I become instead of what can I do, right? And so when we jump right to the application piece, We miss a lot that God has for us in this. But the best way to apply scripture is to ask the Holy Spirit, what is mine to take from this for this moment, for this day, for this person that might be in front of me? That's how we're going to find that application piece. If we go right from hearing from God and spending time with God and we just jump to the doing part, we miss the sweetness that he has for us. Just like that song that we were just singing, I offer my heart, oh God, completely to you. We want to be in a place where we say, have it all. I offer it to you. My heart is open. So Holy Spirit, come. And that D, it stands for discuss. So I like to do it, again, it's twofold. There's two steps here. I like to discuss with the Lord what I'm reading in prayer because maybe I have some questions, maybe I have some doubts or concerns or things like Jen was talking about during worship where 
Something I read creates a fear or an anxiety or a stressor. And so I want to bring that to the Lord in prayer. But then also this came up in our teaching team that discussing allows us to actually step out because God doesn't only use the word to speak to us personally. He's going to equip us with opportunities to make the word living and active to the people who are around us. And that discussion piece is so important. We grow in our confidence as we step out in that. And here's the thing. We need, desperately need the Holy Spirit through every step. So if you're reading, you need the Holy Spirit. If you're engaging, you need the Holy Spirit. If you're applying, you need the Holy Spirit. If you're discussing, you need the Holy Spirit. Through and through, right? We can do nothing in our own strength. It says, 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. What I love about this is there's an ownership. There's a piece in this that's saying, I am dedicated to being a handler of the word, and that's an action that we have to take, right? Again, As lovers of Jesus, we do this through the motivation of love, not through obligation, not through legalism. That's not God's heart for us. So I recognize when we talk about reading the Bible that there are so many different personalities in this room. We have different kinds of thinkers. And I have a question for you this morning. And I would love for you to think of it in the most honest and simple form. If you were to offer someone else a practical tip to help them connect with the word of God, what would you tell them? Just practical advice, something that maybe you found works for you or something that broke through a barrier that you had when you approached the Bible. Maybe it was intimidating for you and now you're in a place where it's not. But if you were to Offer a practical tip to someone else in how you connect with God through the word. Understanding that I wouldn't understand all of it right away. That's so good. And that was okay. Hmm. That is really good. A big one for me was um, praying the word as you go. So if you're like Mm. in Proverbs or Psalms or whatever, you know, uh, or whatever, just saying, Lord, help me to see you in this or help me to be this, you know, and give me understanding like as you're reading. So, yeah. Yeah, prayer as a form of just pure dependency. Pastor Rob talks a lot about praying and confessing the word. So maybe it's something that we just need to believe about God and we use that as a tool to strengthen and edify us. Uh, The walls that we built within ourselves are meant for the world of man. Uh, When we read the word of God, it's something that we have to understand that he knows all. He's just relating it to us. say come with questions or come with a purpose Um, I feel like it's the days where I come with a question to God where he will um, speak to me mostly during then if I come just to open up the scripture and just read whatever I open up to yeah I I usually feel a little less engaged Hmm, that's great 
And we say this a lot, but God isn't afraid of our questions. So, um, not go to the word with preconceived notions and try to fit our own beliefs into the word. Oh, yeah. Which would be, that's called eisegesis, that they have the right exegesis where you basically empty yourself and say, what are you saying, God? And I'm willing to take that on and change my belief mm. system if you show me otherwise. I love that. If you are have any interest in theology in this room, like he just said, it's eisegesis versus exegesis. And I heard it explained this way. It's really simple. It's just putting I, I'm putting I into the word, right? Like into whatever he's saying. It's my opinion. It's how I view it. It's what I think about it. Um, my advice would be to don't, when, when you go to the Bible, to don't look to it as though it's a book of condemnation or it's going to bring guilt. Many times I go, I don't even open it because I, I'm already hmm. feeling guilty. Yeah. And, and it, and it freezes me. And that's what Jen was talking about. It's, it's a lie. It's a, it's doubt. And so, and it, I could go for a long time without opening because I hmm. feel guilty. Yeah. It's a, an underlying fear that we believe God will confront us with anger instead of run to us with love. And he always, 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 always runs to us with love. Anyone else? Yeah. Um, I, one of the things that I like to tell people is just read until you get something. And then ruminate on that. If we would do that every day, that'd be 365 new truths every year. Hmm. Just by reading till you get one thing. Right. Not trying to understand it all, but just trying to get one thing a day. And you just reminded me, it's something that I also tell myself, it's okay if I don't get something so on good. a particular day. I want to, yeah. but, you know, for whatever reason... Right. It wasn't that day. So, And I think it's something culturally that is hit or miss, whether you're in pockets that hear this or not. God is actually really comfortable with your humanity, right? He knows that we are not, we are not God. We want to read and become more like him, but we are not him. And we're never going to do it perfectly every time. We might not hear something every day. I was actually going to end with this, but I, one of the most impactful things I ever heard from one of my mentors was this simple thing. Even if you feel like you're not getting something, okay, let's say that we have this basket that is tied around our ankle, there's a rope, and we walk, we're like going through the mud, going through the mountains and all the sludge and all this stuff, and so everywhere we go, there's literally just crap all over our basket, right? And once a day, we have this invitation, more than once a day, but to make the decision once a day to just go to this little stream, we can pick up our basket and just run it through really quickly. Does that mean that our basket is immediately pristine and clean? No, there's probably still residue there, there's still some mud and dirt. But my mentor asked me, would you be willing to go to the stream? Even if it's just a quick dip every day, because the reality is we will come through 
more cleansed, more purified. The Lord is washing away patterns of thinking that we shouldn't have residue of interactions from the world that just, again, they're not of God. And he wants to be able to just slowly wash that. Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse her, her being the church, with the washing of the water of the word. I love that verse because it just reminds me it's a washing. It's okay if maybe I don't, I don't get anything, I don't understand it all at once. He's literally just saying, come to me and let me wash you. Your mind, your heart, your tiredness, your weariness. It's a washing by the water of the word. I wanna get really practical this morning, so when I share some of these tips, maybe it's for you, maybe it's not, but if you are in this room and you've been struggling, please just try one, try one thing. I've had so many conversations with people lately where they've said, honestly, it's so overwhelming, I don't wanna try. Let me speak to you, to your heart, to your mind, to your soul, to your spirit this morning and say, please don't give up. This is so important. So even if you just try one of these things, I really believe that the Lord will meet you in that place of obedience and that step of faith, okay? So practical tips. Change it up. If you are, maybe you're going through the Bible in a year and right now you are in Leviticus and you're like, well, I'm pretty bored, like not really looking forward. Oh my goodness, please feel the freedom and the release to read something else. Even if, if you are type A and you want to scroll to another day in your plan where you can read something in the New Testament, whatever it is, but feel free to change up your plan. Um, okay, use resources. This one was huge for me. So I actually, if you don't know this, I went to school um, for theology. And we were not allowed to use external resources at all. And any time that we wrote a paper or we approached any of it, it had to be strictly from the Bible, right? It's scripturally based, and they were strengthening a muscle, and I'm super grateful for that. But when I came out of it, I actually found myself kind of paralyzed because if there were things that I wasn't understanding or I didn't have context for, I almost felt like I couldn't approach an outside source. And how blessed are we to live in a time where I know it can be a curse as well, and people would argue that, but our resources are actually endless. So if you wanna be challenged from a different perspective, if you want deeper understanding, there are books beyond what you can imagine. There are so many articles, so many resources for free online. Use a resource. And even like Kyler was saying, if you have a question, that's a great way to frame your questions. What is God's heart on this and how can I approach it? So use resources. Okay, don't convince yourself to Jess's point, don't convince yourself that you're not going to get it, right? We're coming to the word with faith that we're going to receive, even if we don't understand it perfectly, because we have hearts to receive from the Lord. Okay? Um, don't feel like you have to start or understand an entire chapter. This goes to what Pastor Dan was saying. Start with one verse. One verse. I, when I have gone through seasons where I feel like I really just can't break through or I'm not connecting, I do this exercise where one verse a day, I just write it in my journal or on a sticky note and I put it in my car, I bring it with me. 
maybe you love to type, maybe you love to do art and you can literally do like amazing artistic things <laughs> with, I don't even know, paint, colored pencils, whatever. I'm not artistic, but you do you. Um, and you just take it and you, you do it as unto the Lord, just one verse, okay, that you want to meditate on. Don't approach the word of God in a hurry. What do I mean by that? I think if we're not only in a hurry time-wise where we don't have margin, okay, but also in a hurry to be perfect receivers, understanders, acceptors, and doers of the word. Sometimes I read something and it literally takes me years to reach a place where I can accept it and become a doer of that thing. And God is okay with that. He is honored that we would even listen to what he has to say. So don't be in a hurry. Another thing with being in a hurry, a couple years ago, this is something that really works for me. I, at one point, was like just in the rut with my quiet time of just doing the same thing over and over. And I ended up, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but where like you would slowly wake up with less and less and less time to be in the Word. And so what I started doing was, if I'm in the shower, if I'm getting ready, if I'm driving to work, I would just listen to the audio Bible. There may be people in here who struggle with reading. Again, there is no shame in that. There's no condemnation in that. We have resource to be able to listen. And there's something so powerful as well, because depending on what kind of learner you are, how you learn, reading may be more impactful and may connect with you, but listening also I think of that washing of the water of the word. Maybe it's a subconscious thing where I'm thinking of all of these other things that are happening, but one verse my brain will just latch onto, and I can hang on to that for days at a time. It's sustenance for us. So if you have a hard time reading, listen. Watch videos. If you haven't heard of the Bible Project, it's incredible. Again, an amazing resource. It is visually engaging. It is amazing, solid, theologically sound content. Um, it's great. Another thing, if you love music, if you're in this room and you love music, I would go and I, I mean, I searched like the depths of the internet to find this, but just people who sing scripture, right? So if you are familiar with um, IHOP, the International House of Prayer, they have a 24 seven prayer stream. They have sets and sessions where they just sing scripture over and over. There are albums on Spotify, songs on YouTube. You can find it. And so whatever it takes for you to connect with that, just try something new. Bill Johnson says this, in the kingdom, we get hungry by eating. We don't get hungry by not eating. It's the opposite of what we would think, right? But if he is our sustenance, he is our food, he's the thing that gives us life, then weirdly enough, when we have some, we want more, and we want more, and we want more. Hebrews 4, 12, and 16. So through this series, we've been talking a lot about the power of prayer and how to approach God in prayer. And so I love this as a combination of how do we approach the throne with prayer and with our knowledge and understanding of the word. So it says this, for the word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. 
It judges the thoughts and attitudes or intentions of the heart. Verse 16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. How do we approach the throne of God with confidence? It tells us right here. We recognize that the word of God is living and active. This is a tool. It's a weapon. His words are truly the most powerful thing in the entire universe. Think about that. He spoke and it was. And that's what we get to see. He cared so much that it was recorded for us to have this tool. I hope that we pick it up. One of Pastor Dan's favorite verses, if you've been here for any amount of time, you've heard this. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I just want to practice this morning speaking out the word. There is no wrong answer, but in order for us to edify one another, to practice confession, faith, all of these different things, I would love for you to share what is one of your favorite verses and what it speaks to you. And it doesn't have to be crazy long or eloquent or anything like that, but just there may be someone in this room where they need that sustenance and that promise that you've been clinging to. So what is one of your favorite verses and what does it speak to you? So Jesus, we just asked this morning that in any um, topic that has been brought up, whether that be loss, whether that be fear, suicide, inadequacy, comparison. There are so many things that we experience in this life and you're not numb to them. And so God, we just ask this morning that your word, we know that, that it is open to us, but we just pray, Lord, that it would be living and active in all of these areas. We thank you for this tool and this lifeline just to hold on to you. And God, we just take a moment. I personally repent for any time that I have not prioritized your word, that I have not taken the time to look at you, to behold you. God, we just come with a heart that says that we want more of you. And we thank you that you give us everything. You give us all that you are and all that you have. And so we don't want to waste these opportunities and the access that you've given us that's so beautiful. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you are the word and that you extend yourself. If we, if we can't hold on to anything, you say to hold on to you. And so we choose that this morning. We hold on to you. I pray that there would be relationships in this room that we would encourage one another to find truth in your word, to find comfort, to find 
direction to familiarize with your voice. God, would we be people who always just point back to you and to your word. We thank you so much for it, Jesus. I thank you for every person this morning that has been so bold and so brave and courageous to share. I thank you that we are better together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the mind of Christ that comes out in this room when we come together and we dive in to your word and we understand what you're doing in each life, how you're moving, how you're working. I thank you that you don't give up. And so for every heart who has wanted to give up, God, we just pray strength. We, we pray the courage to approach your word once again, and we thank you for it, Lord. We love you, we love you, we love you. Amen. If God's word is at the center of our lives, it places his truth over our opinions and gives his promises where we have only wishes, right? It's so powerful. Isaiah 66, 2 says this, this is the one that I, the Lord, esteem, he who trembles at my word. You are esteemed by the Father this morning. So I encourage you, open up your word. And like that little basket, maybe literally just today, you can pick up that basket and bring it to that stream. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's every other day. Maybe it's every day. Whatever it is for you but would we be committed as lovers of Jesus to just visit those streams of living water? Thank you guys.